And it's Friday. Good morning, it's Deb. Friday. Yes. Yay. Finally. <laughs> I've had a lot of deadlines this week. And uh, I just keep saying everything is in divine order. It's all okay. How about yes. you? You've, you've had broadcasts and this and that. Uh, doctor's appointments, all those things. I've been all the places and I was so lucky this morning. I got to meet with um, the Park Lawn Corporation, which owns funeral homes and cemeteries in the United States and Canada and the Heartlight nonprofit in Denver. And so I get to do a speaking engagement for them in um, the Denver area in oh, late, yes. late January. So right after the holidays and right before Valentine's Day, when you know the holidays are the worst time for the number of deaths. Yeah, COVID's oh. increasing. So I get to talk, I get to talk to grievers and then I get to do one for professionals. So, you know, Jill's all kinds oh. of stoked about that. Oh, 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 I want to be the fly on the wall. Yeah. yeah. And then I get to do a, a piece maybe quarterly for the actual funeral directors internally for Park Lawn because they're trying to really support their teams, which is yes. so important for anybody who's anywhere in doing grief and loss. Yes. Right? We yeah. should do that for ministers and chaplains and all they those should. people. Mm -hmm. That's right. That should that, happen everywhere. I'm I'm glad you're saying that because I'm thinking about doing one for the female ministers around town here. Absolutely. Just, you know, how do you speak to your congregation? Things to say that are helpful, that are spiritual, things that are not. And uh yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, and uh, my coaching classes are doing well. I'm so glad. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, I won't say what exactly till all the other stuff is, but I'm learning a different, you know, it fits in. The coaching, the method I'm learning fits in really well with grief. Oh, good. Be because it's not goal oriented all the time. It can be, but there's another way to affirm, to just be with people. And I'm so excited about these new things. Now I'm doing notes, now I'm doing this, and uh, it just fits in real nicely. So I'm, I'm grateful to learn some new skills so that I can reach more people and be even more present. Yeah. It's nice to be able to reach new people and to have more in the toolbox and the toolkit. Right. Right. Because yeah. people who are grieving need all the support they can find from a healthy perspective. From a healthy perspective, even on uh, some of the grief groups that you and I are both part of. And I, I go, ah, let's take this back. How about I give you the link to Alzheimer's Association? Yeah. And you can ask them what you can do for hospice or what you can do for relief and who do you contact. That's healthier sometimes, giving information, accurate information, is right. more important than giving advice, right? Absolutely. You know, this is these are the things you need to know and then take and run with it. Exactly. Exactly. I did that for someone earlier this week who it's a family member who's dying. And so and this is not a client. So um, and I won't identify them, but 
family member is dying and even though they've worked profession in the field when it's your own family member like everything leaves right it does and so i was uh, they you know hospice was supposed to be arriving and i said so make sure they can do continuous care make sure that they'll get the meds out today because pain was a problem make sure that they can do the dme right away make sure they have the ppe mattress pad all the things that you want when someone is at the end of life right and um that hospice came out and did none of it and so they fired them and hired a new one and by that evening they had everything going right so it's important to know that stuff you know you bring up a really good point and i can't stress it enough in healthcare. and there's grief in well why don't the doctors read the chart why don't they know why don't they do this why don't and i was talking to my sister-in-law last night at how hard it is to just expect a hospital to know what to do or even the people that send you home from the hospital uh someone with a colostomy bag they just for the first time um a hospital not here in town but a hospital just dumped a bunch of stuff in a bag and said here's the supplies the oh. rest will be coming where's the education in fairness to the nurses the doctors and staff they're getting it from above so they're going to miss some things the point being if you can invest 10 minutes in looking up what are good cars and their gas mileage or the color or whatever it is if you can invest five minutes in reviewing tv sets your worth your physical body and your mental health are worth that much yes. and speaking of which there was in the news this week about simone biles yes and she gets a gold star she gets a gold medal in mental health can you imagine the loss she wrestled with to say go ahead and the fact that she had to do it publicly and then she caught so much flack from people where really you know especially after covid all of us should know just how important mental health is and that if someone says i need the boundaries then that's what i need i need the boundaries right and it's really the three aspects are and while i'm just going to use this word all the negative or demons or whatever you want to call thoughts that are not making you feel whole and healthy right so she's having that and then on top of that she knows her body enough that she can it's a dangerous sport and this is the olympics right. what would she do about her teammates mm -hmm. so here she is like i'm at the olympics i have trained to do this i'm a master at what i do imagine that moment of grief and it is grief it is a loss that loss of not 
just going, whoa, I, I have to succumb to this loss. It is a death. It's a death of expectation of yourself and hopes for others. And what we can do for her as a nation is we mm -hmm. can support her and not invade her privacy. Yeah. Because when you've just had a loss, you need to be able to shut the doors right. and absorb it and allow the people that you want in right. and be able to set the boundaries with the people who are going to make it harder. Don't put her on the stage any more than um, the tennis player. I'm terrible with names. Naomi oh, yeah, Osaka, yeah. Right? We don't need to put those people on on broadcasts. We need to let them have some time and be with the people that they choose to be as their people. Let's give them that space. Right. And understand the facts about mental health. That they compared it to uh, Carrie Shrug when she that was the last when she fell. Her coach kept saying, "Push through, push through." On a broken ankle, and people and people think that about death or or a loss of a job. Injury. Yeah. Just go, 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 go. Divorce, divorce. Oh, just keep applying. You know, I had a friend who lost her job uh, due to many reasons. This was many years ago. But you know, she applied every single week for the, uh, the amount you needed for unemployment. This was several years ago. She applied. She had everything. And your mental health are just going down and down because you have no place to go and people weren't hiring or whatever the case is. This is several years ago. And now people are also experiencing a loss. I've been able to take care of my family, but I can't, I can't get a job because they won't pay me enough to take care of my family. Yes. Right. That was Oscar, my cat. <laughs> so you know be kind to one another and allow the grief and allow and give the space and give the support and don't tell anyone what to do all the usual stuff because yeah. these kids and these are kids they're not grown-ups even a young 20 something who's been professional you're still young so let's let's give them the grace that we would want if we were standing in the line at the funeral for someone we love. Let's give them the space and just say, I'm here for you and I'll be there for you. And I'm sorry this has happened. And move okay. and let them have their space because that's what they deserve. Absolutely. Just on the good side of it is people are becoming more and more aware of, I'm going to say it this way, not sugar-coated mental health. Right. And I'm grateful for that. And the impact of grief on mental health. And grief is not a mental health disorder. That's right. Let's be clear, but it has an impact on functioning. Absolutely. You know, some of the symptoms, signs and symptoms of what happens to your physical body with grief. And Jill, please join in anytime. Yes, your neurobiology. First, let's talk about your brain. 
you're mentally exhausted. We're not even talking physically, but the physical changes within your body from all the stress, whether you're a caretaker or not, maybe you're just waiting, you're anticipating death, and then the person dies. Maybe it's, and that's not even including your relationship. It's just the anticipation. All of that, the best words of advice I ever had was, your brain's going to feel like it's filled with cotton for a long time. That is the best way I found to describe it. You're going to space out. And maybe you're most organized person in the world. But guess what? You might need to cut yourself some slack for a while. I don't know how long a while is. What else, Jill? I talked about There's the brain. exhaustion. There's confusion, there's right. appetite changes, there's um, physical pain, especially if you've been a caregiver and you've been ignoring the pain. Mm -hmm. um, there's physical health issues that have been ignored and need to be taken care of. There's um, sleep disruption because grievers don't sleep in general between like two and five in the morning. And they're always told, go get some rest. You need to sleep a whole night. Yeah, I can't How do, do you that. You're not understanding me. Clearly, you're not hearing me and you don't get this, right? And then there we have special populations with different kinds of, of grief mm -hmm. um, impact. So I'm, I'm actually, as we're sitting here, I'm going to shoot off an email to a friend who works with neurodiverse populations and see if he'll come on and talk about the impact of grief on a neurodiverse brain. Right. Because we're not all neurotypical. And for those who don't know, yes, Brittany, Nicole, uh, grief increases inflammation. Absolutely. I wonder who it does. have said that. Yes, it does. Um, and it can cause actual heart attacks and strokes. But Right? And it, it has a different impact on people who are chronically ill. Um, it, it affects your immune system because your does. adrenal glands have gone crazy. So, right. And then the, I've got another... Uh, go the adrenal glands then basically sort of fog up your immune system and not, it's not working. So how can you mitigate those things? Sometimes I think if people are educated in the side effects of grief, right. that one, that you have preparation less- Preparation is important. Preparation and the, it's sort of like taking things back a step. So when you take things back a step and you say, oh, I'm having a grief reaction, instead of panicking, what the heck is happening to me? I didn't remember what I said five minutes ago. I didn't, I don't even remember. It's like you almost like woke up and you've driven someplace else and five minutes is gone. Especially and it can for be seniors freaky. who are grieving because then they think, oh my God, it's dementia. That's right. And, it's and I'm not, not saying there's not dementia, but I'm saying you got to be careful because grief does that to everybody at every age. Right. Right. And, and we need to acknowledge that. I was 40 something by the time both my parents were dead. And after my mom died, I'm like, okay. What happened to my brain? Is, this is a grief reaction. This is this reaction. Prepare. One of the best things you can do for your brain is drink water because your brain will be dehydrated. Your brain and your body are dehydrated. And this helps, uh, 
I don't know the mechanisms of flushing things out. I can't really speak to that. But I do know water, drinking water is, and I don't feel bad. I know it sounds like a prescription, but this is okay. This I can say water. Mineral nutrition, okay. yes. yes. And take a multivite because those are over the counter. Those right? are over the account, over the counter. And if there's any, you're not imagining what's happening to you. Right. You're, you're not, it doesn't mean you are, like Jill said, like you have Alzheimer's or dementia. It doesn't mean that you have cancer or anything like that. Go to the doctor. Please go to the doctor if you've just had a loss. I know we say it all the time, but I say it all the time for a reason. Right. Get right. all the levels done. Go check everything. Honest to Pete, you got to go do it. Yes. I am going to have a friend come on. And um, now, first of all, we get a guest next week. We're going to have Lynn Houston, who is wow. none other than the person who authors Life as a Mortician's Wife um, on Facebook. And if you haven't been on that page, you need That's to. Great. It's yeah. a fabulous page. It's funny. It It's like us. It's grief with a twist of humor. And then she also has another page she created for people at the holidays, which is called The Chair for You. That's right. And I highly advocate anyone who's had a loss this year, go join that group. Um, there's lots of support out there. We should all have it. It's healthy support. But she's going to come on and join us next week and talk about those things and talk about being married to a funeral director and um, she's got some new grief journals out. So she's going to talk about why she created them because she's had her own losses and she's in the middle of one right now. So I, yeah, you pass the word, anybody who knows anybody, you want to be here for Lynn Houston. Right. And then a few weeks later, if I get my way, we're going to have someone come on and talk about neurodiverse brains and loss. And another person come on and talk about how um, the brain functions, how, how grief impacts our actual brain function. It's as someone who specializes oh, in that. That's those are important ones. Right. Um, can you talk for just a minute and explain or give examples of the neurodiverse brain? I'm thinking of people on the autism spectrum. That's a neurodiverse brain and their reactions. Do you have some more examples? Because that's people most people don't know what those are. It's ADHD, any yep. of the attentional any of the attentional disorders, they all now fall under ADHD. But any of those things, because those brains don't work they like don't. the rest of us, they're not neurotypical, right? right. Um, it's also people who've had brain damage, yeah. Um, people who've had seizure disorders, um, any of those things where their brain is now functioning outside the norm. Um, where before we used to, you know, call it a diagnosis, those communities tend to call themselves neurodiverse because they see themselves as being perfectly okay. They just function differently. Mm -hmm. And I totally advocate for that. So, but they do respond differently in all of the colors of their worlds to mm -hmm. grief. And yes. so it would be nice if we could have someone come in and talk about that because we all know people, right? right. And, right. and we need to be able to meet them on their level, whether they're friends or family or clients or wherever they are, mm -hmm. you know, students, if we have teachers on, let's, let's give them the support they deserve yeah. by educating ourselves, like with a tiny little bit. Right. right. You know, that's part of learning more about our world. Mm -hmm. um, 
quite often as a step parent back in the nineties, we, uh, my husband and I were both said, you know, it's raising a family. It's the same as any other family. <laughs> and no, we, we didn't laugh, but we knew inside. No, that's not. And so people want just their world. A lot of people want just their world for whatever reason. Perhaps it's too scary to think outside of their immediate surroundings. Perhaps it's too scary to think outside of their uh, immediate family. Perhaps it's too scary to think emotionally for someone. It's also think a lot to take on and to have kids transitioning back and forth. Mm -hmm. And you can choose to be angry and resentful, or you can choose to say, in this moment in our house, that's right. This is what we're going to do. Right. And when you're at that house, that's what you're going to do. Right. Right. And at just in general, uh, you know, it sort of saddens me that people who aren't vaccinated will not be wearing masks because for whatever reason, that, that makes me sad. There's a certain amount of grief when I realize how divided this country was. And some people have excellent reasons for not getting vaccinated. And I respect that. Mm -hmm. I, I have a hard time respecting people who say, well, it's a government thing. They haven't done the research and they still are unmasked and they're spreading. But now it's uh, both COVID, COVID, people who are vaccinated and are not can spread the Delta virus. And I, I am the Delta vi uh, variant. I, I am concerned things are shutting down here. You're, expected to wear a mask more. So there's going to be a certain resistance and grief. Like, but I had freedom for like four weeks. Now you're asking me to do this again. This is horrible. Right. So allowing yourself to have a moment of grief is healthy. Two moments, whatever it takes. You can hold both thoughts. Notice I have my cat on the one side going both thought, both hands. You can on both sides. You can be upset and you can do what you need to do to keep your fellow human being safe. Now let me take that to a different spot. Do because we've got school coming up. In out here, we're back in school in a week and a half. Right. And lots of other places, everything's bumped up to early August or mid-August, except for some of the colleges. And we now have new mask mandates in Southern California, and I know they're coming out in other areas. And it's causing a whole lot of yuck nationwide. <sighs> but know. if we are the parents or grandparents of kiddos going back to school, mm -hmm. it's not up to us to share with those kiddos how we feel about this. It's up to us. <sighs> To prepare them and support them and make mm -hmm. it workable 
and let them let their feelings out. So we teach them to show their feelings and talk about them rather than act on them, right? Yes. Or falling out on the floor, acting on them. Let's teach them to talk about it. And then if we have our own concerns, those stay behind doors when the little pitcher's ears are asleep or gone. Because if you're doing it while they're home, they're going to hear you. Because kids hear everything they're not supposed to. Right. Right? Think about the holidays. Right. They know exactly what you're buying them because they've been listening. And if they know you are stressed about them going back to school, or you are stressed about masks, or you are stressed about immunizations, they're going to listen for it because they're worried about you. Right. Right. They may not tell you they're worried about you. They may tell you they hate you because they're kids. Mm-hmm. But they're listening. So mm-hmm. let's let our emotions stay over here and let's let them have their space to have them. And if they have to adapt to a new school environment where things are changing regularly mm-hmm. based on the virus and local politics, then let's let them have that space and let them grieve and teach them how to do it. You bring up such a great point about kids mimic their parents' emotions. Yep. And they do. And they try to protect us too. They Yes, kids want to protect the people they love also. So they see that someone's stressed about this. They're not going to go and say, okay, I know you're stressed. Can we talk about how I'm supposed to handle this when little Johnny doesn't wear his mask and I'm supposed to tell the teacher? They don't need to know we're stressed, Mm-mm. right? That, but the parents, stress. the parents are stressed. The parents, even around here, I mean, of we're in East Central Illinois. It's all over the United States. What's happening again? And people are, in general, are going through this grief of, but we had freedom. What happened? You can give them all the facts you want, Delta variants, this, whatever. (coughs) The fact that there's still anxiety, which is a grief response. Right. Correct? Right. (coughs) Because grief causes anxiety. And now with the Delta variant speeding up, and in some areas we have huge pockets of it I listen to, an interview with a doctor in Louisiana. They're admitting someone every hour um, into ICU right now. And, um, you know, that's, we're at the beginning of this cusp in some areas. Um, And for those of you in those areas, my heart goes out to you. Um, I know the feds are scrambling and that resources are coming out and resources we didn't want to see again, like the big refrigerator trucks are coming out. Um, They brought them into my hospital um, while this week I was there and they were telling me about where they were and how they hide them. Right. So, and, and we're not a big bubble. We've got more people vaccinated than most of the country out here. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure we're also allowing people to have space for their grief that this was supposed to be over. And I was all prepped and then my people died or didn't die. And I thought we were done and now we're not done. And now I have to be afraid again. And you know, in Australia, they're in lockdown again, complete right. lockdown. You can't leave your general geographic area. There are very strict rules. You know, Israel's looking at doing that again, I think. So we've got a lot of grief going on that we need to acknowledge and cope with, not 
pat down, not pay attention to. And bringing this into another example, I think of all the people that are with somebody on hospice, a, a close one, a friend or a relative, are asking themselves and feeling guilty about it. Oh, when is when is this person going to die? Going? Yeah, and I, I, in some ways, it's like basically they're saying, "When is this going to be over?" And then right. they feel guilty asking it. That's not too different than the virus, right? When is this going to be over? Please oh, we it thought it was over. Oh, it's not. Yeah. Oh, now we have to change plans again. Oh, now things have changed at work again. Why can't things be the way they were before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The good news is if we're wearing masks, we're not going to get the flu. Right? We're going to get to <laughs> flu season a second time without flu if we're all wearing our masks. So, well, around take that here, for what it's worth. Around here, over the last, I'd say, month, I had, I didn't know what I had. And I wasn't coughing, but I was getting woozy and dizzy and stuff. And I realized I probably had a, sin a, a sinus virus. It burnt out, as most viruses do, between 7 and 10 days, up to 14 or whatever. Yeah. Then my husband had a cough. Well, that was his way of having that. Another couple friends, they have colds. And they're lasting two and a half weeks, which isn't unusual for a virus, not a bacteria, a virus. And, and everyone's from wondering if it's COVID. Right. And so they all get COVID tested. And there you go. I usually say if you take an allergy pill and your symptoms subside, then you know. most likely it's not COVID. Doesn't Speaking mean you from shouldn't experience, get tested. Allergy pills do not help when you're coughing from COVID. That's I, right. I can certify that for you. That's right. I'm also certified COVID-free because I got yet another test this week. I'm up yes. to I think nine of them. So oh, get I bet, tested, folks. Every time you you need to, right? Exactly. And the probably what's going to happen is the government is going to be if COVID testing has gone down in your area, it's now going to be going up. That's yeah. just the way it is. It keeps us safe. And we can either be angry or we can cope and we can hug on to each other. But now right. from a distance, because hugging's probably over for a while. Right. I'm so glad I got to go to Hawaii. I hope those of you who got to do your trips have enjoyed them and that those who have them scheduled still get to do them in a safe way. Because I right. know this is like living on pins and needles, and that's hard for all of us. It is. It, it really is. is. We're taking our entire team to an Angels game this weekend. Um, well, everybody who wanted to go and everybody gets two tickets and a, and a hot dog. Um, cause you got to support people, but you know, it's, things are heating up. I'm wearing my mask the whole time because mm -hmm. that's just what you got to do. My, uh, sister-in-law will be walking the El Camino with her sister and a couple other people, but we talked about what it'll be like on the plane and what kind of mask she's going to be wearing going to go back to K95 or N95, Those whatever are so they are. heavy to wear and either necessary, but oh my gosh. Right? So this is just what you need to do. Mm -hmm. So everybody take care of each other this week. 
Yeah. Um, please join us for Lynn Houston. You will love her stuff. Go to her site now. Um, I did put out a special announcement. I should have done that for previous speakers, but I'm not that great. We're learning. Canva, Canva We're is now becoming my friend. It wasn't before. Um, and then we'll put out other ones for other people. But yeah, Deborah's right. We're learning and it's a process for us too. So Can you post it in our in our I just put it in the notes. Yeah. Wonderful. And did you also post in the notes the other two pages she's part of? Yes, I did. You're so good. I did. So I find love you. her. You'll love you guys will love her. You're gonna start sharing her stuff because it's just so funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's and I, I share the stuff frequently because, you know, I'm a funeral director's wife, too. We have the same twisted sense of humor and coping skills because you got to have the coping skills. So we'll talk about using humor for coping a lot next week because we're going to need humor. And Lynn's going to bring it all on and she's going to set Deb off and we're just going to have a laugh, laugh and a half. So join us. I okay? might have to mute myself if I get going laughing. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you guys next week. Don't forget to tune in and share it and like the pages because you're going to want to be here. Thank Bye. you. Thanks, Jill. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.